Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. It's episode 442 of The Sausage Factory. In this episode, I interview Alex Shepard of Pixelcast Games and ask them about the design and development of the action puzzle platformer Gunrunner. This is a game not I first encountered at PAX East 2023. I know PAX East is long in the past at the time of the release of this show, but we have a backlog of about two months or so on The, the Sausage Factory. And that's deliberate, but to make sure that we've got episodes to release for you, dear listeners. And we really delve deep into the pureness, the unapologetic pureness that is Gunrunner. It's it's wears its heart on its sleeve, whatever that means. And Alex and I do delve deep into the motivations that Alex had in making the game and making it the way it is. We also talk a lot about the level editor, which came about by happy accident rather than intent, as is often the case with game development. So, without further ado, let's listen to me from the relatively recent past talk to Alex about Gunrunner. Hello, Alex. Hey, Chris. Can you tell us who you are and what you do? My name is Alex Shepard. I am sole proprietor of Pixelcast Games, and right now we have developed Gunrunner. You have indeed, which is why Alex is here to talk to us about. Can you tell us how you made your start making video games? Sure. I would say my I first dabbled into programming languages before the turn of the century. I was doing HTML and CSS and using GoDaddy Create, just websites for my parents and things like that. And then several years later, when I was going to college, I jumped into Java, and it was for an introductory engineering class. And I've always enjoyed wanting to create, and I guess that sort of just jump-started my love for inspiration and collaboration and building something completely new from nothing. It's an exciting experience, and... You know, I've only just built on those skills over the years. I got a bachelor's in game design, and now I'm creating games. And my skill of creating games just by doing it has increased. And I, I feel like I learn something new every day that I'm working on it. And it's exciting every time I learn something new. So just that experience of learning and collaborating with others is is amazing. Wow, that's a almost leads on to my next question then which is unusual for this, but no, it's a wonderful thing to be driven by. But here it is. What are your biggest influences as a creator? Hmm. I would say that when I was 
young and we were growing up with flash games i was on miniclip and addictinggames.com all the time even at school when i wasn't supposed to and i guess in the case of gunrunner there was this old game i used to play called n plus plus or in version 1.4 or the ninja game as some people called it it's very similar it's a finesse puzzle platformer with action elements there's a level editor there are online leaderboards and i was able to go online to the forums of the developer and interact with other players and in the early days of the internet you know just past 2000 the early 2000s that was such an awesome experience to interact with people for the love of the game and it's interesting that i think a decade later when i haven't even started on gunrunner i just naturally wanted to go to a a, a fast action platformer that requires a lot of speedrun elements and finesse movements as well as this need for a community to push the game forward and creating levels and things like that so in terms of influence that would be the thing i always hearken back to next question what video game developer do you admire most and why you know i'm blanking on the name right now but well first off i think i do have to mention the developer of um, the ninja game that i mentioned is metanet i'm not sure what they've published recently but obviously they, they require an honorable mention but there's this one online developer i don't know if they've even put out anything on steam or even that public it's just sort of you really have to just be stumbling upon the internet and like finding old internet things and it's just this person who just puts out these small little games and they're just ideas not even full-on games and i think any developer that has the inspiration and then the the courage to put a game out there just put yourself out there like hey i've created this thing and now i'm you know, I have the courage enough to be like, hey, what do you guys think of this? And it's it's scary to think about when someone can critique or look at something that you've created from scratch. So I, I can't say I can point to any specific one, but just from small to big. And unfortunately, I can't think of that one developer's name, but just having a thought process or an idea and then putting it out there, it's it's inspiring. Last question the first half what are you playing right now alex the biggest thing i was playing was mini mini motorways and i guess it kind of fits into my time schedule and it's one of those games that you can just pick up and play and not have a ton of time investment to go into it and there was a lot of achievements i'm a big achievement hunter so i enjoyed sort of relaxing i could put something on in the background like a show while playing it in fact i could even do a bit of work while playing it as well and with my current schedule that's just sort of the game i have to play right now i would say if i had enough time and wanted to delve into something it would be elden ring which is such a tragedy that i haven't played more of because i've played a great deal of dark souls 3 i've completely 100% that and I played hundreds of hours of one uh, dozens of hours of two 
and I was hyped for it. And then Elden Ring came out and I've maybe played five to 10 hours of it. And that's just in my mind, tragic because uh, I love the series, but it's just a huge time sink, especially mentally to sort of think about, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to play this game and I'm going to put several hours into it. But hey, I have all this stuff that I got to do in real life. Um, so I would say Mini Motorways has been a nice escape into actually playing games instead of just making them. Well, they've been on the show, the developers of Mini Motorways, so you can delve into one of our archives and dig out. I'm not entirely sure which number it is. I'm not going to go searching there because otherwise people will hear me cutting away at the keyboard. But uh, do look it up on Caden uh, Rinse. You can find Mini Motorways there. But uh, yeah, love fantastic game. I can certainly vouch. They, they continue to update it as well and add yet more things to it. Um, and as for uh, Elden Ring, well, Jay, uh, one of our founders, he spent over 300 hours on that game. So, yeah, he got a bit of a... Bit of a <laughs> I mean, he did New Game Plus it, and he did really, really rinse it. So to speak. But, uh, yeah, it's quite, quite an experience there. So, let's move on to the second half of the show, where we're going to be delving deep into gun. First question, not really a question, more of a request really, because we can't really delve deep into Gunrunner until we know what it is. So please, in your own words, what do you think Gunrunner is? I like the way you phrased that question. What do I think Gunrunner is? I want, I want or desire Gunrunner to be an extension of the player. One of the first design principles when I first started with Gunrunner was 
okay, how can I make it so it actually feels good to play? Because when I first started out on Game Maker, you hear a lot of negative PR about Game Maker is, and I think that's because it's so easy to start out on and you have so many products out right now. And I didn't be one, I didn't want to be one of those cookie cutter games where you get on, you play, and you realize, oh, this is just another game maker game and it doesn't feel good to play. I I think about a game such as Super Smash Bros. Melee, and it that's sort of a, a celebration of though not fully intentional, some people may argue one way or another. It's one of those games where you can put yourself onto the avatar that you're playing. And with Gun Earner, I wanted to be certain that that was something that was being achieved. And all the other mechanics that were built around that aspect. Okay. Well, that's a fair description. Um, and I think everyone, listeners, could just focus on that point that Alex has made and uh, describing the emotional attachment one has, or emotional reaction, I should say, one has when playing Gunrunner, which is what really seems to be anchored around its concept. So, which leads me on to my first design question. From the outset, Gunrunner is quite unambiguous in regards to its presentation and how it's played. Alex, can you tell us how have you found maintaining that ethos when creating Gunrunner? You know, what's funny is I would consider myself more of a programmer than an artist, right? So when I first started building out Gunrunner, you know, I'm a sole guy here at Pixcast Games, so I couldn't really spend money on hiring a pixel artist or an artist or something like that. So uh, I think the current presentation of Gunrunner is a product of that is I think about, about it from a programmer point of view where things make sense and they, when you first look at something, does it immediately provoke, Oh, I understand what that is, or I understand what it's doing. Does its presentation signify its application to the player in the game? So you're right that it's, that it's unambiguous because I guess as a programmer, you know, I didn't put a whole lot of flair into it. It's sort of, okay, let's put pixel to, to the screen and see what comes out. And then you iterate on that process until you come out with something that makes sense. So it's a very clean look, and I'm glad that you've sort of noticed that. It's very appealing. And also led me to repeat play because it's such a it – there's no flannel. There's no fuss. It's it's just you know exactly where everything is. There's nothing hidden. There's no uh, no no lighting effects too much. It just gets to the point. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and it's, I think it's like I said, it's a bit of a bit of a celebration of unambiguity. It's great. Yeah, you know, if I may add on to that, sure. Is uh, a big thing is I did not want to have any kind of random generation in terms of level design or the way the levels look. Because I didn't want there to the player to be muddled in, okay, I've because re- you restart the level constantly. And if the level looked different as you restarted, it sort of adds to that visual noise that's annoying. So in most part, I would say 99.9% of Gunrunner is handcrafted in as is. Certainly, certainly. Now I want to talk about how the player interacts 
with Gunrunner. Because one of the things I found very quickly was that you need to know where you're going to be, not where you are. Where you are is kind of irrelevant, provided it's safe. Once you make it safe, whether there's things firing, shoots things at you, what have you. But, you know, it's where you're going to be. It's not too dissimilar to driving games in some respects. How have you found design the movement of the player character, knowing this to be true? Fascinating. So a lot of these kind of platformers, and I think having the PAX experience, you run into a lot of players who describe your game as other games. Let's say, you know, the end game is an example, or Celeste is a big one. And what you realize is that a lot of those games are very physics and momentum based. But Gunrunner is almost, as you mentioned, maybe unintentionally or intentionally, it, it's very static. And I actually didn't come to this realization until at PAX, and I thought about it, and I told someone, oh, hey, the dash is actually more similar to the dash in Hollow Knight, where it's sort of very static and directional, and it sort of locks the player into this understanding that, okay, if I press this button, I know that's where I'm going to be later and i don't know if that was ever fully intentional i think with a lot of things in gunrunner there was a lot of things where i programmed something i implemented something and then something completely unexpected came out of it and i said to myself you know what that's that's awesome that's beautiful i'm going to keep that and in terms of i guess the dash is what most people sort of gravitate to when it comes to the movement of gunrunner it just sort of everything accumulated and gathered around that. And a lot of levels are built around the distance of the dash that you can make, the timing of the dash. And yeah, it just sort of all just comes together without much planning. I'm very much a, a wing it kind of guy. I might put some things to paper and write it down beforehand, but sometimes I'm just like, hey, I have this cool thing I'm going to try to implement. I implement it. And then if it works, it doesn't, I, I remove it or I keep it. So it's... It's sort of just a uh, program and go. <laughs> I want to talk about the enemies now in Gunrunner. Or obstacles, or call them what you will. And they become increasingly complex the further the player goes through levels. Can you talk us through their design and the principles of which you use? Not for all of them, but just you know, design of each one. That would be ridiculous, but just... The kind of approach you've uh, you've uh, applied in, in creating them. Yeah, that's a really good question. So another big inspiration is, are shmup games, and I guess that goes back to my childhood again. Is I would go online and I download these random shmups from or shoot 'em up games from online. You know these sort of bullet hell, bullet swarm games, and I wanted a piece of that to be in Gunrunner somewhere. Uh, you can see inspiration of this when you go into one of the Guardian or boss levels and it plays sort of the flashing warning booping sound and that gives that that invokes that same sort of feeling that those games gave. And it, it sort of goes into the level difficulty and difficulty ramp of the game. And as you progress through the game, it introduces new enemies in in as you, it introduces the enemy, it introduces it in a very safe environment 
and then it'll put you in an environment with that enemy, but in a more dangerous way. So you have to rethink how you tackle that enemy in the first place and then sort of understand, okay, how does this enemy operate? In fact, uh, in our Discord, a player was currently talking about how one of the enemies isn't doesn't communicate the way it shoots as effectively as the other ones. So as I just mentioned, that's like a big part of how I designed the game. So I went back and I sort of looked at how the enemy was operating and then I've made an update to it and I plan to push the update into the next patch of the game. And I like when a player as well as yourself is able to recognize, I guess, one of my own design aspects and like they pointed it back at me like, hey, I'm noticing this thing. And they're not, they didn't even design the game. They're just a player, but they're noticing it as well. But I was able to recognize, hey, you see what I'm trying to do. Let's see how I can push it more to what you're seeing. And with that said, the, the way the bullet swarm works is, yes, I want every enemy to shoot a weapon and shoot a bullet at the player, but how can I make each enemy unique and how it does that? So I can't just shoot a bullet in a straight line i have an enemy that shoots in a burst and it attaches itself to the wall and it can only shoot down i have another enemy that shoots in all directions when you get too close to it i have one that's just really basic that shoots horizontally if you're in its line of sight so it's a very much design designed in such a way where you have to learn how each enemy operates and then be able to manipulate that to make yourself better so it goes back to being able to control your character and not only controlling you, but understanding how the game operates. Fantastic answer. Thank you. Um, and they are very inventive, everyone. So when you're playing uh, Gunrunner, it uh, starts off really simple and then rapidly, I mean, some of them like the earlier ones, there's one that sort of fires off a bunch of mine-like things. Like they just stay there. The, the shots they shoot at you. Just land and just stay there. And unless you get rid of them, you'll get damaged by them. It just, you know, it just escalates from there. There's many other enemies, and uh, yeah, fascinating to see uh, to hear how they were come about. Last question then, and um, I want to talk about the level editor, which does exist, and um, in in Gunrunner, and it does. Of course, add longevity to the game. That's an obvious statement. But one of the things that struck me about, you know, the level editor is made or broken on its interface. And the radial one you have is really clever. It's just, you know, very intuitive. Could you talk us through how you developed that? Oh, yeah, sure. In fact, what's funny is as before we started this interview, I had... I have the game open right now on my other screen. I'm working on Steam Workshop integration, and I'm starting the finalization on that right now. So it's cool that you bring that up as I'm literally looking at the code right here in front of me. So that was a really fun undertaking. Uh, when people ask me, hey, what was the most interesting and most fun part about developing Gunrunner? I, I point to the level editor because, again, that sort of goes back to the the Ninja game that I mentioned earlier, the Flash game is that they had a level editor, and I took a lot of inspiration for how they load and unload the level there. And that's in their text files and how it sort of 
reads, let's say, a, a character D on your keyboard. And D is associated with the player character. So when the file goes over D, it says, hey, place a player there. And that in terms of first creating it, I, I looked at that and said, okay, how can I get that into my game? And another big aspect of that is I was using Game Maker's tile editor to make every single level in the game. And I think at that point, I had 20 levels, and there's currently 120 levels in the game. And those 20 levels took me an exceeding amount of time to make because, one, I have to place all the tiles. I then have to place all the objects where they need to be. And if I want to make an update, well, dang, now I have to replace the tiles. I have to replace the objects. I have to... Let's say I wanted to shift an entire set of enemies over one tile, like an entire portion of the level. It was impossible. It would the workflow just wasn't working. So I made the level editor as a developer tool. And then as I was making it, making it good for me, I realized, wait, this can be something I can share with the players as well. You know, as you said, increase the longevity of the game. So I sort of polished it up a little bit, made it more user-friendly as you mentioned, the radial and things like that. And yeah, it was from inception to finalization. And I feel like I always go back to the editor and make it a bit better by increasing its efficiency and how it reads from the files. But I think I've reached a point where it's, it's a good system and it works and it's not slow. And yeah, it was exciting to, to finally finalize that piece of the game. No, and it's very welcome, especially with a game like Gunrunner. It, uh, when you have these more more convoluted levels, I'm sure players can go, that's great, but maybe I could do better. And uh, sometimes they do. And that's just the way communities are. And indeed, one of the, one of the best uh, developers out there started life in the mod community, so to speak. So Gunrunner, which has been developed by Pixelcast Games, and uh, what uh, platforms is it currently available on? Gunrunner is currently available on Steam for PC. And we are actually looking to get it on Switch at some point because we had several players say that, hey, we've played the game on Steam Deck. And it plays quite nice. And uh, as we've mentioned already, it's a, it's a very easy pick-up-and-play kind of game, an arcade game. And we have, you know, what what's really surprising to me is the amount of, especially at smaller cons that I've been to, a lot of parents and their kids will come up and the kids will come back almost like it's an arcade and they'll sit down and they'll just play Gunrunner for hours on end and their parents literally have to say like, okay, we have to go do other things. And usually those younger generations have a Switch. So I would love to be able to get, get it on Switch. And that's the application for that is currently ongoing. So fingers crossed on that. Okay. Well, yeah, I do wish you the best of luck. I have played Gunrunner on, on, the, on the deck and uh, yeah, I can vouch for its... Uh suitability on there it's a great uh, it's a great machine to play it on alex it's been great having you on the show chatting about gunrunner and being open and honest as you've been with its creation and its future um but um you're more than welcome to come back to talk about whatever next is cooking in your brain and uh yeah we can talk about that so in the meantime thank you very much Thank you, Chris. This was awesome. You asked a lot of great, insightful questions. You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Cane and Rinse Collective. 
Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash Kane and Rince for early, extended, and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, and at our website, caneandrince.com. <laughs>